and you're gonna edit you're gonna edit this i mean i don't really okay never mind. If, okay. If, if i need to i'm super i'm super lazy yeah oh, oh i also and uh oh yeah welcome to church and other drugs my name is jed today we're here with gabby one of uh TikTok's brightest stars and an old friend of mine. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> While you eat your ramen noodles. It's eggs. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was eggs in the noodles. That's the that's the pro the pro trick. No, I was gonna say today, uh, my 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 doctor took me off my well butrin, so that's day one of that. I hate Wait, that. What? Uh, because I don't. Uh, Cause it's we're so. Did he wean you down? No, with Wellbutrin, you a you can't because it only comes in a hundred and fifty milligram time release, so you can't cut it. And b that one, you really it's it's not as bad as like an SSRI or anything. It's more historically, I'm just gonna be tired for the next few days, but we'll see. He's trying to. Because I've gone on and everybody who listened to this has heard this a million times, but I've been on and <laughs> off my medications forever. And so now me and my doctor are doing the thing where we're like getting me down to just like one medication to see where we need to go from there. Because I was on Fetzema, Rimeron and Wellbutrin, and now I'm just going to be on Fetzema. And we'll, we'll go from there. Damn, bro. Yeah, man. Depression. What are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. th- but this time, it's like the past, for some reason, my anxiety. And that's why he's taking me off the Wellbutrin. Because I've been having these, like, ins- and I, I haven't had panic attacks in a long time. In a long time. And I've I've been having a, just a ton. Uh, like, during the, like, like have to leave my house because my panic attacks it's always like if I'm ever inside or I'm in a room I just I I get the claustrophobic feeling and I I literally like have to go out like my front yard and just kind of look up and like feel like I'm uh in a big space so yeah it's been a trip so we're gonna see if taking that off helps anyway that's so are you on are you on uh depression meds yeah, I'm on um I can't think of the name, but yeah, I, I am on an antidepressant. I was off of one for a long time, but <clears throat> then I had my baby and I was just like, you know, obviously. Yeah. Is it, it work? My- is it working? Yeah, it is. I mean, like whenever she was first born, it was just like everything came back like everything was like magnified and I was just like I just wanted to die like I just wanted to die like so, postpartum type stuff yeah like it was postpartum but like it's like I had numbed myself my entire pregnancy from like the whole situation with her dad like I just numbed myself completely like as much as I could mentally and during pregnancy I found it was like really hard to do that like I would normally but like I somehow like figured out how to do it like just to cope and so um yeah I just like yeah and then so once the pregnancy was born. over it was like okay well we yeah, will get was, to, we yeah. will get to that I realize I've never actually uh 
heard like the beginnings of your uh of your drug using career and you're probably you're i've said it before but you're kind of like the female version of me as far as like ridiculous drug addicts that like there because there's like and you know this like there's there is a small percentage of insane drug addicts, right? You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. like, you have just dumb people that get addicted to drugs. And then you have the people that have spent their entire life in and out of rehab, learned and, and just can't seem to get right. And beneath it is just this desire to get high, right? Yeah. So what was, what, what was, I guess, let's just start as with little Gabby, like what was the childhood, like anything of note, or would you say it was kind of normal, Um, whatever normal means? Pretty much like it was normal. It was actually like really great for a while, but then like my parents went bankrupt. They made some bad financial decisions. And so they went bankrupt and we were like, doing well at the time. So, I mean, like we had everything, you know, so they lost everything. And my mom started going to those, those like pain management clinics. And I think she was genuinely like, she was genuinely going for pain management, but it just like, they prescribed her everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he started to fall off when they made like went bankrupt. And then like, she went into this deep, like addiction and depression And that was like whenever I was like 11. So then I dealt with that basically like the rest of my, like the second half of my childhood, I guess. Are you, do you have any siblings or are you an only child? Yeah, I have three sisters and um, only one of them was really still in the house for a decent amount of time. Like while my mom was like that. And she though, like she ended up being like the Virgin Mary, like in every sense. Like to this day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she was just the good one. So yes. mom and dad stayed together throughout all that? Yeah, they did. I mean, they probably like shouldn't have, but yeah, they and they're still together today. Okay. Uh so well, that's a pretty significant trauma, I would say. Like basically like a loss of security at a super early age. Um, so when did so wait, where do you fall in the birth order? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Okay. So did the middle sister. So who taught you the joys of getting high? Well, I mean, like I saw my mom like high and like, to be honest, as a kid, Mm. true, I never saw my life to be anything different than what it is. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, I just remember, like, I had dealt with a lot, like a lot more, like just like sexual trauma, like stuff like that. Like, you know, the basics, I'm sure, like, of a troubled child, but, like, so I was already, like, battling all that, and then whenever my mom was, like, loaded, I remember thinking, like, she looks like she feels good, like, oh, wow, yeah, like, I mean, she did, and she probably did feel good, so, like, obviously, she felt good, (laughs) yeah, 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 so I was, like, I'm gonna be like that, like, self-consciously, like, I was, like, feeling like that, like, so no one ever, like, like no one ever like brought me into it but like you know whenever I started trying drugs like I really didn't care like at 15 I tried coke and I was just like what's the big deal like you know what I'm saying so 
you know. What was it? So when was the first time that you found something you liked? Oh, like probably like 19 or 18. Really? So you were, were you, what was like your high school persona? I mean, I was like, I didn't really use in high school. I tried Coke like twice and I smoked a couple times, but I was a pretty decent like high schooler. I drank a lot, but you know, but. Were um, you like cheerleader, band geek, nerd? You were a what? I was on the dance team. Dance team. Okay, there we go. So what was the dance team's MO? Were they partiers or because at my school, ironically, the band kids were the ones getting the most fucked up. Well, honestly, I went to a small school like in Abbeville, that private school, and no one was getting fucked up. Literally, like I might have been the only one in the school besides one other person. Like, I mean, I'm talking in my class. There was like 30 people. Oh, wow. We had parties and stuff and they would drink some of them, but like none of them were doing dope like I was or I wouldn't do But like none of them were even like trying weed, like maybe two other people. Like so like I had to like hide all that because first of all, it was embarrassing that I went to like this uppity school that and like my that's what was happening at home. But like also like dance. Mm, team, Yeah. None of the dance team like drank or anything. So like I would have to just like they knew that I drank and stuff, but I would just like, you know, like I smoked cigarettes and stuff. And like, I was the fucking outcast, like out of everyone, like in our class, like I still am to this day. (laughs) And I was then. (laughs) So what happened at 19 though? What'd what'd you, what'd you end up trying? I started with like lore tabs and Percocets, like, and then eventually. Did Did you make the connection that, oh, this is what my mom took? I don't know. I think I did, but like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because we had a doctor that prescribed us a lot of pain meds growing up. So like, like a family doctor. Yeah. Like our family doctor prescribed us pain meds for like everything, like fever, like to this day as a 31 year old adult, like I feel like I am entitled to narcotics if I have a fever. Oh, wow. (laughs) so you had so you had no I get it though I like it wasn't I mean I was from a smaller town in South Carolina and that was they were way more liberal with that because and and that's you know I'm sure this is where this is going but every pretty much every house in the neighborhood had a pretty decent stockpile of narcotics for sure from just every, especially like the bigger, the family, the bigger, the variety of just like cough syrup, pain pills. Yeah. So you basically, so you had like a, a childhood's worth of stocked up medicine. Yeah. For sure. That must've been lovely. Yeah, it was, especially at 19, because to us, that doesn't sound that bad today. But at the time, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of pills for someone like just entering like or like lower tab addiction, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, I, I went I had started shooting heroin when I was 17. So Bro, I, I can't even understand that. Like I was it, such a pussy. 
Like I was, well, no, I wasn't. Uh, I was definitely, as far as needles were concerned, though. Mine, it literally, I swear, it was just the classic. Like I was gonna snort it, and then when I got there, the dude was like, "Just shoot it," and I was like, "Well, will you do it for me?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was like that. Like sadly, it was at seventeen. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. Yeah, you know. I mean, because my my whole thing was I was on a waiting list to go to rehab my first inpatient. And I was like, so after I go to inpatient, I'm never going to do drugs again. So I better just get all this stuff out of the way. This is what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That, that did not work out as, I, as <laughs> I. So when did you start getting into trouble with it? Um, I started getting into trouble like not so much with drugs, but like drinking. Yeah. With drinking, like I got a DUI at like 20 and then not long after that, like I had gotten like a shoplifting charge. And then I had like these warrants for the DUI and the shoplifting charge that I would continuously get arrested for. Like, I don't even know how many times. Then when I was like 22, I got arrested on all these felonies because the guy I was dating, it's a long story, but the guy I was dating, he had these rich parents. They actually own like this place in Lafayette and um he broke into their house and they thought I was like the mastermind I wasn't but I got three felonies that they ended up dropping later but and so I had a bond of like 80 something thousand dollars and I was like up until that point dude I lived a cush drug addict life you know what I'm saying like never homeless none of that like never detox in jail always got bonded out like when they told me my bond I was like oh I'm getting out you know what I'm saying right which I did a week later, which isn't bad. But for me at the time, it was bad. And I was on Suboxone at that time. So I detoxed off Suboxone for seven days. And um, yeah, it was absolute, uh, absolute living hell. But um, and then I didn't get arrested again until last March. Oh, wow. So So 2012 up until like 2021. So when did you go to your first treatment? I must have went whenever I was like, oh, right after I got arrested for those felonies at 22. Okay. So that was your first introduction to like, quote, recovery stuff. Yeah. And I went to Woodlake. Oh, really? Okay. That's when I moved to Baton Rouge. That's probably right whenever I met you not long. Like, okay. Yes. So I met gabby because i was dating a girl that was in her oxford house and the one story i'll tell about that oxford house was there was this other girl to this day i'm so pissed that i never got an apology for this there was this other girl that was living there that cut my hair and she was like (laughs) just think about it that cut my hair and she was like oh yeah um just drop the money for it slide it in an envelope under under the door and I did that. And she told everyone that I she was like, where was the money? And I was like, I slid it under the door. Basically, she got everybody thinking that I was some skis ball that dipped out on her paying money. Oh, Tur- my God. Turned out that she had just relapsed and like stole. the. You know what I'm saying? I was so pissed about that. Oh, my God. Never yeah, got an apology. Yep. Damn. So, yes. So. That's when I met you, and then uh, it would have been six or eight months past that is when um, I ended up 
moving to Lafayette. And that was basically when I kind of lost track of what you were doing. So yeah. what, what happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened past then? Up until then, like I said, I pretty much like, I mean, I was like, yeah, because you you weren't crazy back then as far as like addiction goes, because you still seemed kind of like like you were. Yeah, like kind of your reaction, like shocked at some of the stories like we would tell. I had never liked I probably had just shot heroin a few times, like. um, Like in because after I went to that before I moved into that house, I had a few months in between that relapse a few times in Baton Rouge, and that's where I first shot dope and shot heroin was in baton rouge because where i was from i don't even know if heroin was really like in lafayette yet and like also like no one really shot up so like yeah that that was definitely frowned upon so but um god it's crazy because so that was around 2013 2012 2013 it is pretty crazy how quickly that changed yeah i know okay so keep going sorry um so pretty much like in so many okay so I just had like a bunch of relapses I had a little bit of sobriety like 18 months at one time and then when I relapsed after that like I went all the way down like I mean I'm talking like from the top to the bottom like living outside no vehicle like actually had you done meth before that or is like this when you started doing meth? No, I had done meth too. Okay. Not like I probably hadn't shot it yet, but yeah. I mean, I'd probably, I'd smoked it, I'm sure, but not like a lot, not a lot, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I, I would really got on Coke first. Like, cause you know, like Coke was like the thing then. And now it's more like meth. Like, so I did, I shot a lot of Coke and heroin. Like that was like my main thing. And like, you know, I was like homeless, like, and I mean like actual homeless, like not just like, you know, like sleeping on couches or whatever. Like I was actually homeless. So I did all that. And I mean, I did that shit for months. Like what, people were so, like, <clears throat> sorry, at, at first, what were, what was your, what was the relationship with your family? Cause you would have seen, I, I forget that you were, that you were um, a few years younger than me. So like what were, and it's always, you know, people can say it's not different, but it is different with girls and guys. Right. So like, what were kind of your parents? What was, what was going on there? Were you just like, fuck you, mom and dad, I do what I want. Or were they like looking for you? Were you on the run type of thing? Or were they just. At that point, like whenever I was like homeless, like I had like cut all contact, like they weren't really helping me at that point, obviously. So like, I mean, no one even knew where I was for like months. Like whenever I finally ended up in detox, I think that was around the time they were starting to like look for me and like were considering like a missing missing persons report. Like that's when I fell off the grid, like when I was homeless, like because I was just like, you know, getting it every day. And I was just like, I don't know. So they were like not really once I left that Oxford house, they were not really trying to like my sisters were over that shit fast and my parents like it was just like hard because my mom was like kind of using and like Mm. they were like cutting me off so I felt like why are y'all allowing her and not me like so I just like it was so much bullshit between that and like eventually I just like literally stopped calling and like 
you know, that type of thing. I did that a second time eventually too for like longer, but yeah. Okay. So keep going then. So you're homeless. So I was homeless and I was like, honestly, like doing like, I had like sugar daddies and you know, like that was like, it was like. Just- Wait, actually, well, let's, let's, how, uh, how does one go about acquiring a sugar daddy? Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I like, and I, I guess to define sugar daddy for those that may not be aware. Okay. So, um, like I had this guy that would like, this one would pay me to like sleep with him. Like he would pay me to come over. We didn't do anything really crazy. Like a lot of them just like want like simple stuff. So like I would come over, we would have sex. He would pay me. He would like pay me extra spend the night. And it's like, I had this sugar daddy for like years. Like, I mean, through relapses, through sobriety, like, I mean, I would ignore him during sobriety, but he would like still be hitting me up. Like, I mean, he still hit me up to this day. Like, but he like encourage you to use though. No, he did okay. not like whenever I was using, because I mean, okay. like to him, he can tell that I'm obviously just doing this for money. Like they try to convince themselves a little bit, like as much as they can, that it's not just for money. I mean, they know, but they want to think that you kind of like enjoy it. And right. I mean, it was dead ass obvious <laughs> whenever I was on drugs that I didn't enjoy a single second. Like I was like such a fucking bitch to him, like super bitch, like, because I am like that, like. When I'm out there, I'm trying to do one thing and it's get dope and do dope. So I don't have time to sit here and literally like, yeah, like bullshit you. Like, even though you're paying me for that and I was trying to bullshit him, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just wasn't happening. But yeah. Okay. So I would like do a little bit of it, but I mean, that's, he wouldn't get much out of me. Okay. So keep going. So then, wait. Hey, I'm doing this podcast. So yeah, um, I had this one guy for a long time and he did not like whenever I used because I mean you genuinely start to care about the person and I genuinely started to care about him a little bit too, not in a like wanna be with him way, but as a person. Right. Basically had, you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, yes. No, he definitely did not encourage the using for sure okay so where where'd it go after that okay so um that kept me on the streets for a while because like then i had pretty much given up everything and like you know it's not once you learn the streets i mean like that you're, it's dangerous you know what i'm saying because you're not afraid of you're not afraid of shit so i mean i didn't have what was there to be scared of? Like, what worse was going to happen? Like, right. I was already fucking right. for my um, I was doing that for a long time. And then, oh, my son's dad, car, his car got stolen from the drug dealer. And that was like, whenever, because we had a car for a little bit. Well, so when we did the, when did the, is, is this like before the sun came in? When did the sun come in? Come in? Oh, he came in in 2017, which I did relapse after that, but it was not nearly as eventful as what I'm telling you. Okay. Right gotcha. Now. Gotcha. Um, his car got stolen. Then we were sober for like months, like without it. 
but through those months, like, you know, being actually homeless is whenever, like, we just, you know, like, it just, like, started to get more out of control, like, I mean, like, my sugar daddy was just, like, you know, eventually they just get tired of, like, dealing with you, because it's, like, calling him, asking him to bring me to the dope man, like, he does not want to do that, like, you know, so it was just, like, we had, we were running out of hustles, you know what I mean? So I ended up going to, and when I went to that detox, like I said, I was literally right off the street, like, and I had like, I don't even know if I had any clothes, like people definitely brought me clothes. And when I started over from that point, that was just, I mean, I've done that one more time, but still like, that was the first time I started over, like with literally nothing and no one to like, really, you know, And so did you try to like, did you have hope for getting sober at that point? I don't even know. I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, like maybe I was just like, okay, like, I mean, by that, I mean, you were giving it an honest shot. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I ended up staying sober again for like almost two years. Oh, wow. Okay. So then what, what brought you back out? Well, before I went back out, that's whenever I had my son. I got pregnant right after I got sober. So which tends to happen. It's, yeah. it's like the uh the reproductive system sort of goes into hibernation when you're assaulting it with drugs. And then as soon as you let off the gas, it's like, oh, it still works. Yeah. And like we never had like sex, like in the sense of like where you could really get pregnant easily, but we did one time. And yeah. So I got pregnant and then I had my son and my postpartum was like really bad. And before I even had him, I was in a lot of fear that I would relapse like after he came because I just was like, you know, so I had him and then I ended up relapsing like when he was like, I guess a little less than a year old. And then that relapse like wasn't, I mean, it somehow we kept like, we managed it somehow, I guess. So like, it wasn't. Yeah, there, there, there are, there are levels of relapse and it's, there are, it's like these weird times when you're, of course, like shocking things can happen, but there are, you're somehow able to sort of kind of make it work. And that's where like, I think I sort of remember that time period because I remember a time when you were obviously high, but you would post on social media like you weren't. And it was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And so it's like I kind of remember like I've been there, too, where it's like, okay, I'm you know, this is sort of, you know, even though the the car is duct taped together, it's still going down the road. Yeah. Okay. So then what happened after that? So I relapsed and then like I got sober again. I left my son's dad, but we both got sober not long after I left him. And then like we were sharing our son with this girl was helping with our son. So like um, I lived in sober living. He lived in sober living. Our son would be like three days with me, three days with him, three days with her or like, you know, two days, whatever. And then eventually well then I met Ben and we stayed sober for a while together I don't even know the timeline so much on this but um like we stayed sober probably for like 
I guess like seven to eight months maybe. And then um, we ended up relapsing because like he always sold drugs and someone in his house was like, hey, do you want to sell this heroin? And he was like, you know, sure. And then I realized he was high and um, I was like, okay, well, I want to do some. I was on methadone at the time also. Jeez. And so, and so this is with Ben. Yeah. Okay. And so where did, and so where, yeah, keep going. I lived in sober living and somehow I was like managing to like stay in sober living using for like a few months. Like, I don't really know how, but like, yeah. So I was actually living in that house that I was talking about, like on TikTok, like about how like, they didn't really like give a shit, you know? So I was basically like using there and then um we ended up moving out and then like we got sober relapsed I'm like leaving out a lot of that because it's just like yeah it's just it's 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 the um yeah the washing machine of it's just all the same yeah so we did that a few times and then um at one point I was solely shooting meth and I was taking Suboxone and so I was like somehow managing like I was working at Twin Peaks and he was working like Charles and then I found out I was pregnant. And so mm. we were, yeah, that was a fucking shit show because I had just started the pill. Cause I was scared I would get pregnant, but I was already pregnant. And, um, so I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was like three months pregnant. And so like, then I decided I was going to keep her. So then we moved to Mississippi to try to get sober, but then we ended up just selling dope out here. And we just like did a lot, like, we didn't really live that bad because we were like, he was selling dope, but yeah, I mean, so we just, and that's whenever it leads up to him dying. Yeah. And so I, that was, I had, I remember asking one of our mutual friends, I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, how's, how's Gabby? And they're like, you didn't hear about that. I was like, no. And they showed me, I think the news clipping, but that, yeah. So whatever you want to say about that. Well, we were like using and we were trying to like get benzos so we could like detox and, you know, like it's hard to get real benzos these days. So it was like took months to do that. And we finally get them, which I don't know if we would have there anyway, but whatever. So we were like on the interstate in Mississippi. Who's we? Oh, so it was me, him, and there was um, one of my girlfriends was driving from here. And so we were like at a dead stop and this 18 wheeler was going like 70 and 80 miles per hour. And there was traffic, like there was a record ahead of us. So that's why we were at a dead stop on the interstate. And he never saw like anyone stopped. So he never even tried to hit the brakes. So he pushed a car into us, which pushed us into another 18 wheeler. And so our car was like fucking smashed and I was knocked unconscious. He died on impact in the back seat. I was in the passenger seat. And then like the, the truck in front of us was carrying moving boxes and they ignited into flames like 10 minutes after the wreck. And that woke me up. So I woke up and I was like, what? Like, I didn't know what was going on, but I had like this small hole to climb through. Like, and at first I couldn't get through it. And the flames were like literally in the front, like on the front of the vehicle, like the hood or whatever. And I was like, it was like, I could feel the heat. Like my thing, my hands were like blistered. And so I didn't hear him 
So I like jumped out and ran and like everything ignited into flames, literally. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. And I was pregnant and like no one really knew I was pregnant either because we were like hiding it. So God. So like where so so both your friends died in that, but your boyfriend, baby dad, and and your friend died in that. Yes. So what is like the immediate fallout from that like? Or what was it like for you? I mean, I was just like, it was so many different things because I was like getting sober literally right when it happened. So like I didn't use again right after, like I went to the hospital and I was in the hospital for three days. And like, were you just in shock? Yeah. I mean, I was detoxing partially. So like emotionally, like, it's like, I couldn't even like focus, like, but yeah, I was just like, I mean, I was fucking devastated. Like, I was just like, I don't even know, like, (laughs) I was fucking devastated. I can't even like, I don't even know. Yeah. Was it, was it a thought of like, was there like suicidal thought or was it, okay, I guess I just got to continue or was it, because I'm just like, I can't, that's, those are, you know, those are some of those worst case scenario thought. It's it's like, you, I mean, literally it's about every worst case scenario wrapped into one. It's like trying to get sober, pregnant, near death experience, and then the death of a loved one, then the death of another friend. It's like, so now what? Dude, I, I was just like, I was, I, first of all, I was, did not, I was pissed that like, I didn't die. Like, I was like, are you yeah. fucking like, now I have to like deal with this and have a baby and like, oh my God, it was just, so I just was like, I guess I was just like, okay, I just got to like, keep going like keep going I mean I didn't I don't even like it's hard to even describe because like I mean I just wanted to fucking die like I just couldn't believe it like it was just because it's like it's not like he died from a drug overdose like it was like so unexpected and I was just like I guess a drug overdose is obviously unexpected but it was just fucking traumatizing like also being in the accident was fucking traumatizing like i couldn't fucking like it's like i couldn't fucking believe it was happening to me but i also could believe it was happening to me because right my was like a fucking disaster so i was just like god like is this where where are you at with that today oh i mean i'm doing better about it like um i yeah i'm definitely doing better i mean I feel like really good about my daughter and like where we're at. And I mean, it just took a lot to get here. So like, I mean, I don't like, I'm just getting to the point to where I can like even imagine like a future without him. Like, cause for a long time, like I just couldn't even like, I didn't even like barely acknowledge guys for like ever, you know, obviously. Yeah. It was that, just... yeah that recently my good um my good my friend was the one that overdosed and my good friend was her his girlfriend and she was the one that found him and so I've been helping her through all that too and it's just like yeah like 
a lot of, it's just uh that's it's it's horrendous stuff it is horrific stuff that not a lot of people have to go through yeah and then that's the thing is like no one really gets it so like you know like everything everyone said pissed me off like I was just like stop trying to like I don't know like it was like yeah. no one no one could do or say the right thing like yeah and in sobriety like I just felt one understood like they would be like well you need to do this and I'm like don't like just don't like I mean this is not like oh I'm just getting sober after like a run like this is not that so like it was like honestly I was never so unwilling in my life like I was willing to get sober but I was not willing to do a fucking thing that anybody told me to do because I just was like you don't have the right to sit here and tell me that you know what the fuck I should do like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. yeah. So I was just like, well, then. Up- so what I guess, um, I mean, not fast forward, but like, so what was kind of bridging the gap from then till now? Because because I mean, that does kind of sum it up, because next time I saw you, you have kind of like reclaimed yourself and that story and your story in general. And you're kind of doing this TikTok thing um, and you look better than i have seen you in a long long time you know thanks so what what happened i guess i just like honestly i think it was just like time and like i just like gave myself the time to like cry or like not do shit or like you know like just be you know what i mean and like truly i think that's all that it was like i could not rush anything because anytime someone tried to rush anything like anything like I was so uncomfortable with just so many daily things like and just eventually like I was like also I really for some reason like it was the worst like situation but I came back in a sense of where I was like the most motivated like I have ever been you know yeah like because I my daughter like partially like because I'm her only parent so like she only has me but it's not even just for her truly like a lot of it's for me because I guess like him dying like I spent that whole time alone and I was able to realize like I'm worth more than any of this bullshit like I'm worth more than just like like what I told myself in the past so I was just like and I've never been that way I've never like set a single goal like ever like because I don't know and I just was like I'm just gonna do this like I'm worth more than that like in every sense that's awesome so bringing it to the TikTok thing how what what I guess gave you that idea and how's that going I mean it seems to be going really well and you seems to have found a really good little niche 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 i can never say I that hate right that word bro niche. I fucking hate niche. that word you found it you found you a good little corner how about that so i was like okay like i had been watching and like tiktok and i was like okay really what i wanted to do was like only fans can i talk about that or because yeah, that's sure. really the whole- you can okay. talk about whatever you want so really i wanted to do like only fans like I knew that I, I could kill it at that like in every sense like mind body like I knew that I had what it took 
(laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that pitch. I knew that I mentally knew how to work this. And I knew that like, you know, so I knew that OnlyFans is like, in my opinion, from what I've seen so far, like I'm not even on OnlyFans. I do like a Snapchat, but like that type of thing is watered down there's a lot of people doing it and you have to like figure out a way to get followers it's not just like easy because like it's not fucking easy and I knew that so because I knew like real life type of things like that but not like internet so I needed I knew I needed to like make like social media accounts because I didn't even have a TikTok before this before December but and I was like okay I need to like build somehow get some shit to go viral on TikTok get a following in some way and then start doing it. And like, whether that would be like my niche or not, like basically like sex work, like I didn't, it didn't have to be that. I just needed to get people to like follow me. Sure. So sure. I thought about doing like the mom thing, which I, I don't even, anyway, that I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, cause I mean, <laughs> I think I'm a good mom, but like, I just, I that's just not my crowd so I was like okay no that's not gonna work like and then I found like people that posted about addiction and I was like dude I could like if I know anyone that can make some fucking fucked up jokes it's me so so I was like okay I can definitely do it you know like there were times where I was like god like I hope I'm not too far gone that these people don't get my jokes like because like you were saying there's only a select few so like that was like the thing but which I will say that some people do get those jokes but more so of TikTok it's more so like the basic like jokes that you used to laugh about like the first or second time you went to treatment so I really have to set my brain back yeah like half the shit I post I don't think it's funny like um (laughs) it's just like you're you're playing to the crowd yeah so like I had to learn how to do that play to the crowd like figure out because it's like you have to post what they want not what you want like because like you can eventually do that but you just got to do what they want you to do and so I started to like post about that and I actually had a shitty phone and I was like bro like I'm never gonna go anywhere with this shitty phone like no one wants to watch TikToks on a shitty phone but I guess my shit was top tier (laughs) (laughs) so it beat the phone part you know what I mean like some of my videos like a couple of them so I got those, but what's, I would use my sister-in-law's iPhone at night. Okay. Like, dude, I have worked my ass off from morning to night on this. Like I'll be up doing my makeup, getting ready. Cause you gotta be like, you want to appeal. So like all that. And so, and before that I was doing nothing, nothing. I was just like depressed all the time. So it was like very night and day. So I would like try to make videos on hers, but anyway, so once I like, it's like you got to go viral a few times like you got to go viral to unlock a level of followers like so you'll get to like 2000 and then you got to go viral again which by viral I mean like 20k and up like in the recovery sense like in that niche I guess that's what has been beneficial to me like I did get way more than that but so like I would go semi-viral or whatever and then like level out and then go up again so like you gotta like top the next video and you have to figure out what the fucking algorithm wants as well so it's like sometimes 
you'll post and it'll go really well with the algorithm, but it's not what the people want. So like you got to like hit both, which once you get an account that just like you start to grow, like you really do learn that pretty fast. So like, but anyway, so I started to get followers and like, once I had gotten like 3000, I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, well, before that I knew I could do it because obviously I was like, I'm not going to stop until I do like, right. And I mean, I was home with my daughter, so it's not like I had anything else to do. So, um, well, and do you, whenever- do, you do you think, I, because I know that's how the, the reasons you started it, but what I noticed, and I hope, I hope this is the case because it's, that may have been why you started, but you actually seem to be helping people with it. And so is it now, Oh, for sure. Have you gotten that benefit from it where it's like, oh, wow, like, okay, this is this is what they mean when like the things that I've been through are like helping other people. A hundred percent. Like it was like totally not the motive. And especially whenever I decided to do the addiction niche or whatever, I was like, bro, I do not feel like doing this. Like, I do not want to help other people. Like I have enough on my plate. Like, I know it sounds selfish, but but I was like, it's honest. I kept. And so it was like, yeah, like I started to like really process things. Like, you know, I'd done zero work up until this point. I mean, I'd managed to stay afloat, but like, you know, so this was like all the work I've done is like, as far as processing is like posting these, like interacting and definitely like, it's like, because it seems so cliche to me for like, oh, help another alcoholic, man. You know, like, I was just like, bro, like, for what like you know what i'm like what are they gonna, I do. You, like no, no, are I they know gonna what stay you sober or are they gonna yeah like i just i just was like i'm so over that but i truly felt like some of them like i genuinely help so i was like yeah so i kept doing that and then like you create like relationships with them especially the people that followed you from the beginning because i found that i find a lot of people will go to your account And if you don't have like a certain amount of followers, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to follow them yet. Like, I don't know. They're not worth it yet. But then like once I hit 10K, like I grew really fast because like, I guess they see that 10K like, and they're like, okay, like even if they like your stuff, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, and like, yeah. No. So, I mean, it's, um, um, so the. I'm hoping the plan is to kind of flesh that out to continue doing that as like, right. I mean, you're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What is, I mean, I went through, I went through a very, a very similar thing with the podcast and it's kind of the reason at this point, honestly, why like, I just can't give it up. I mean, I've been doing it for shoot like four years now. I mean, this is like the 200 and, 26th episode or something and it's that's so awesome yeah and it and it's been like the random emails uh, it is a different thing when people reach out and they're like because a lot of mine is is you know is just laying out my entire life for the internet to listen to and it's in a uh, half the times so i'm like i don't see how this is going to help anyone i think it's just going to embarrass me and people that is the stuff i figured out that helps the people the most is the yeah. stuff that you do not want to say exactly and then people that are like what, oh my god yeah. thank you for saying that and so it's like all right i guess i will be the uh the 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 public whipping boy or whatever 
but yeah, it, it yeah. really is. It There's something super special about it. And I think, you know, I'm sure, I don't know, maybe you won't hate to hear it, but like I, from listening to this of like how you got here, I see some divine tinkerings going on to get you to arrive to a spot. I mean, it just like seems plain to me, which is super interesting I, because I it's like, in spite of your wishes, like this is how it ended up. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because like whenever I started posting like different stuff, because I will always post about that now. Now, like I choose to post about it, but like people were like, no, like don't like X out like addiction all the way. And I was like, okay, like this is the thing though. Like I'm posting about addiction, like and sobriety, but I'm not in no way shape or form trying to be like a tell you how to do it person like so I just happen to be like live this and I'm talking about it like pretty much you know what I'm saying which 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 almost gives to me that gives people more authority and that's I mean even me as a counselor like I've had to learn how to do it because I can't have every experience in the world but I, I always struggle to talk about things that I haven't been through because I feel like it lacks a certain authenticity and like I'm not going to you know if I don't know what it's like to be pregnant I'm not going to tell you what it's like to be pregnant because I have no yeah idea I can read books and I can kind of tell you what other people have said about it but I don't really know so so all right so where can people find your TikTok so my TikTok is Okay, was low life Barbie, but since it got banned, my second one, I just added a second E so that hopefully when people would like search me, it would show up. So it's low life Barbie with two E's. So L O W L I F E B A R B I E E. Yes. Awesome. Well, Gabby, thank you for coming on, man. And I'm super glad that you are alive and well for real. For both of I us, I think it was that. touch and go for a while there, man. And and a lot of us aren't anymore. I know, bro. Bro, like the, I keep the, saying bro, but like, yeah. I mean, the people that me and Gabby used with and got sober with, it, it's today they are either dead or sober or like California sober. I don't think that people like the newer people, like they're starting to see their friends die, but they don't even know how many of our group has died because like we were the ones on heroin. And then when fentanyl came around, so it was like decimated people. Yeah. It's really sad. I really hate seeing like anyone overdose and die because I just like, it just kills me, bro. Like it kills me for them. Like it literally kills me especially I mean because I have I I have a ton of survivor's guilt too just because of I mean how many how many times I have overdosed and how many times I should and it, it never made you know that question to why not me like that's a that's a tough question to ask sometimes and it's so that's why it's I stopped asking it and just started being like okay well why not me? And I guess I got to just keep doing something. Somebody's got to. Yeah. 
And it's like, I think about like, sometimes I'm like more so not, not so much right now. Cause I feel like I'm doing a lot, but like before I would just be like, dude, like I'm not doing shit. <laughs> like these people are dead and can't, don't even have the opportunity. Like their families would kill for them to be back. Like, and I am just out here bitching like about the dumbest shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when I should be grateful, especially like, I mean, the Ben situation really gave me a fucking grasp on that. Like, because it's like, it's just like, yeah, I'm just like, okay, like do something like, I mean, anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just move. Yeah. So thanks again, Gabby and everyone go give her a follow. Send me an email at church and other drugs at gmail.com patreon.com slash church and other drugs and store slash church and other drugs. <laughs>